Thank you. Thank you, Brother Jason. What a beautiful song. And, you know, when you hear the sparrow, then you should be reminded now. He loves the sparrow, but he loves us so much more. If he takes care of them, he's going to take care of me. My goodness. Thank you, Brother Jason. What a pleasant surprise. Fifty, how many years, Carolyn? Fifty-seven years. My goodness gracious, 57 years. Y'all had a busy weekend. It's been a good weekend. Man, been a blessing. Thank you, choir, for sharing with us. Thank all of you for worshiping this morning and for, for singing along. Romans chapter 6, if you brought your copy of God's Word, Romans chapter 6. I want us to look at Romans chapter 6. And um, also, uh, i tell you what, let's look at Let's, let's look at Matthew, Matthew 28 first. I want to look at Matthew 28, familiar passage. Matthew 28, and we'll look at um, verses uh, 19 and 20. We've looked at that recently. Matthew 28, we'll look at verses 19 and 20. We refer to this as the, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, Matthew 28. God's word simply says, Go ye therefore, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them. You can draw a circle around that word, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you all way, even to the end of the world. Now, if you will, turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, we want to look at verses 1 through 7. Romans 6, verses 1 through 7. I want to share with you a sermon I've entitled, Baptism, a Matter of Obedience. Baptism, a matter of obedience. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Paul said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we're buried with him by baptism and death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. After revival effort, I began to think and pray during that period of time, what am I going to preach uh, after revival? I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, we've had a great week of preaching and singing and worship, and I was praying, Lord, what can I preach? What do you want me to say? Then I was thinking about our baptismal service, Brother Philip and Justin, and God said, I want you to preach on baptism. Baptism matter of obedience. And so I thought it'd be quite
quite fitting to speak to you on the subject of baptism. I feel that I should address that subject from time to time because the Lord does command us to be baptized. However, I have to confess that I've been unfaithful in addressing the importance of baptism like I should. I got to looking back, and it had been several months, years, since I even addressed the subject of baptism. There's no doubt that some of you here this morning have confessed Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, but for whatever reason, you've never been baptized. In Matthew 28, referred to as the Great Commission, Go ye therefore, teach, baptize. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you all the way even to the end of the world. Simply put, go out there as you're going. As you go out into the world, as you go out there, evangelize. When you evangelize, make disciples. When you make disciples, baptize them. And when you baptize them, teach them to observe whatever I've commanded you to observe. Therefore, Jesus is giving us as a church, gave to his apostles, gives to us as a church, a command to baptize. Now, if a person claims to be a Christian and has not been baptized, he fits into one of five categories I've listed, if you want to jot these down. If you're here tonight, uh, here this morning, and you've, you, you say, well, I've, I've asked Christ to come into my life and save him, but I haven't followed through in believer's baptism, then you'll fit in one of these five categories. First of all, you may not be baptized simply because of ignorance. Uh, that person, because of ignorance, never has been taught about baptism or the importance of baptism or may have been taught wrong about baptism, especially if they've been taught about being sprinkled or about being christened as a baby, and that that would be sufficient. Then you haven't been baptized scripturally because of just ignorance. If you claim to be a Christian, you haven't been baptized, but then your decision possibly is based on ignorance, but it possibly could be based on pride. Pride in that you've allowed a lot of time to go by since you've made that profession of faith. And uh, you name the name of Christ, you've, you've made a, uh, a profession of faith, you may even serve in the church some way, but it would be embarrassing to acknowledge that you have failed in that obedience and, and you've you failed to, to follow through with that obedience, and to come forth now would be kind of embarrassing, so you have a lot of pride, and you don't want to step forward. I have to admit, Brother Philip, after all these years, he stepped forward, and he said, Brother Sammy, I need to get this thing worked out about my baptism to make sure that I'm obedient to the Lord in my baptism. So some of you may just be because of pride. You're sitting there, and you know within your heart you haven't followed through in believers' baptism. And it's been a long time, and so you've let time go by, and it's embarrassing to admit that now. And you remain in disobedience, by the way. 
And then there's this indifference. Some people just can't, I mean, they just can't be bothered. They can't find a good time. They're just indifferent to the Lord's command. They think it's not a big thing. And so they're indifferent. And then you have some that are just defiant. They're rebellious. They just refuse to obey. Usually these people are, are sinning. And they'd have to live a life of hypocrisy if they were to give a testimony in the baptistry pool that now I've died to sin and I've been raised new in Christ. Oh, me. So to not give up their sin and, and then to follow the Lord in believer's baptism and then continue sinning, they, they live that life of hypocrisy and so they refuse to be baptized. And then it's possible that a person who has refused to be baptized is a person who is just unregenerate, never has trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, not a true Christian. They don't want to be identified with Jesus. So you have these excuses, these reasons why people aren't baptized. But something else, let's talk about what is baptism. Now, in the Greek, there are three very important words that are used to refer by some to refer to baptism. There's a Greek word called epikeo, which means to pour. Some say they're baptizing someone by pouring water on them. Well, that's not, that's not the scriptural baptism Jesus refers to. There's another word called rehetsio. Rehetsio is, is where you sprinkle water. That's not a New Testament baptism. Then there's baptizo. Baptizo means to immerse. And so you have three words that people use for baptism. One is to pour, one is to sprinkle. But the New Testament word is baptizo, which means to immerse, to put under, to dunk. Years and years ago, centuries ago, those who baptized by immersion were referred to as dunkers. They put them under. Now, this is very important because in the Bible, baptism refers to being immersed in water. Simply put, baptism is a ceremony in which a person is immersed in water. You witnessed that just a few minutes ago, immersed in water. There's a reason that they are immersed in water. Romans chapter 6. So baptism means to, to dip completely. The Greek word for baptizo literally means uh, to drown. It's a word for drowning. Someone drowns, they baptizo, they, they drown. They're completely immersed. The Latin equivalent to the Greek word baptizo is immersio or submissio is where they, they immerse them or they submerge them. Therefore, baptism is a Christian ceremony where a Christian is being immersed in water. Not sprinkled, not poured on them, not touched to the forehead, but completely immersed in water. According to the Bible, you haven't been baptized unless you're immersed in the water. Several scripture passages where Philip and where John the Baptist, John the Baptist was baptizing in Jordan. Why? Because there was much water there. Philip, the eunuch, pull over here. Here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? Pull over. He went down 
and, and baptized them. Jesus came up out of the water. And so it's completely immersed. The point is the Christian be believes the gospel, and then they are immersed in water. Now don't get that reversed. Don't be baptized without accepting Christ. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is evidence that you have been saved. The Greek word for the English word baptizo, uh, baptism is baptizo, which means immerse. And so we use the English word baptism. The Greek word is baptizo. However, in 1611, O King James of England was going to have the Bible translated from Greek to English. So he hired some scholars to do that. And when they came to the Greek word baptizo, they had a problem because the King James believed in sprinkling. And if they translated baptizo into the English word baptism, meaning to submerge, immerse, that kind of would mess it up for the good king. So to save the king and polite, be polite to the king, they didn't translate the Greek word. They transliterated it over to the English Bible, baptism, baptizo, and there was no meaning given. It's interesting, isn't it? They left the Greek word in place of baptize, and it's an untranslated word, meaning taken from one language and just simply taken and put over into another language. So there's a reasons people aren't baptized. I mean, they're ignorant because of their pride, because of indifference. They're defiant. They're unregenerate. The definition of baptism is, to, is baptizo, which means submerge, put under, to dip. And then the meaning of baptism. Let's look at that in Romans chapter 6. I just read that. Let's look at that again. Verse 1 and 2, the meaning of it. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead, underline dead, to sin? See, baptism is a picture of a burial. It's a grave. Grave. How can one that's dead to sin live any longer therein? So baptism speaks of what God did for you, what God did for, for me. And this one, and two, this, this one through six is key to understanding baptism. Because when we're saved, we died to sin. We died to the old way of life. Look at verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized in Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should we walk in newness of life. So, Christian, here's your biography. Your biography is seen through your baptism. Your biography is your past, your present, and your future. First, your past. Romans 6, 4 Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. You have been buried. If you've been baptized, and what's waiting for you, you have been buried with Jesus by baptism. And when you are baptized, you are buried under the water. That's why it all goes under. I've had to shove some, but they went under. 
It all, it's got to be a burial, not partially covered up. Wouldn't it be terrible to go out to a graveyard and say partially covered? No, it's all covered. You buried, you all covered. That's a symbol of your old life. Your old life is dead. Philip's dead. Justin's dead. The old life is dead. They've died to sin. It's dead. They're buried. But at the same time, it connects you to his, his, his death 2,000 years ago. You have, you have died with Christ. Verse 4, therefore we're buried with him by baptism. It connects you with his death. That like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. So the point is, Jesus took your sin, carried him to the cross, suffered, died for you, and buried your sin, or bore your sin in his own body on the tree. And when he died, you died with him because your faith is in him. Here's the point. Your baptism is, your, is the funeral of the old man. Not the same person. You've died to sin. Sin no longer controls you. You've put death to it. So baptism is a picture of your old self going to the grave. Have you been to the grave? Have you died to self? So first, you have the Christian's past, the biography. And then secondly, you have the Christian's present. Romans 6 tells what Christ was raised from. He was raised from the dead. So we should walk in newness of life. Christ was buried. Christ rose from the dead. He began to minister. He, 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 you know, he, he was seen of, of many after his resurrection. The Christian the same way. We've died to sin, but we've been raised in a new life. Philip has a new life. Justin has a new life. All of us have been baptized, should be living a new life in Christ. Sin no longer has control of us. So that's the present reality of the Christian. Jesus didn't stay in the grave, but he arose. He didn't, he didn't stay in that grave, but he came out of the grave. You didn't stay. You didn't stay underwater. You came out of the water as a new person, and you now walk in a new life as a new person. The old goes, the new comes, thus you must be born again. New birth. So coming up out of the water of baptism is symbolic of you coming up out of the grave, risen to a new life in Christ. So baptism, biography, the Christian past connects with the death of Christ, the Christian present connects with the resurrection of Christ, and then you have the Christian future, and I'm about finished. Paul says, since we've been planted like him in death, we shall be raised like him in the resurrection. Someday I'm going to die, someday you're going to die. My body's going to be planted in the cemetery. It's corrupt, it decays, it's put in the cemetery. The soul goes to be with the Lord. His body's buried. But then one day... Just like Jesus, the grave couldn't hold them. The grave can't hold us. And so we're going to be raised like him. That's what baptism depicts. This is the old man, Justin. He's died to sin. Sin no longer controls him. He's identified with the death of Christ. He's been raised new in Christ. He's been born again. He has a new spirit about him. 
His spirit lives within him. And one day, his physical body is going to be buried. It's going to be put in a cemetery. And when Christ comes back, guess what? He comes up out of the grave just as Jesus did. And he goes to be with the Lord forever and forever and forever. Why are people baptized? What is baptism? What's the meaning of baptism? And real quick, what's the motive for it? Why get baptized? Well, it's a way that we identify with Christ. You know, you see the guy in orange jumpsuits on TV having their heads beheaded? They were baptized prior. You see, when you're baptized in a far eastern country, that's very serious because you have identified as a Christian. That's persecution. Guaranteed persecution. It's a way to identify with Christ openly and publicly. It's the first thing you can do in obedience is to be baptized. It doesn't make you a Christian, but it demonstrates that you are one. Testifies that you are one. What can wash away my sins? Not baptism, but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? The blood of Jesus. We're saved by Jesus. Demonstrated through that baptismal service. If you've been baptized and you've never trusted Jesus... You're just, you're just a person wait. You're just a dead person in sin waiting to be buried somewhere. It, it doesn't make you a Christian, but it demonstrates that you are one. You know, my wedding band that doesn't make me married, but it demonstrates that I am married. And because I wear this symbol, then I'm not ashamed that Judy Williford Taylor is my wife. And I don't mind telling the world about that. That's why I wear the symbol. That's why you're symbolized in baptism, in obedience of baptism. You'll tell the world that you're a Christian. Baptism identifies you with Christ. That's why you're baptized. Secondly, baptism portrays your conversion to Christ. Testimony, your behavior, you're saved, and, and you won't ever want to know it. And then third, you've been obedient to the command of God. Therefore, one motive for baptism is that we want to obey His command. So the summary is, baptism can't save you. But it's an outward expression of an inward reality. You have died to sin. You've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Sin no longer controls you. You've been buried with Him. You've been raised in His resurrection and one day you'll be body your body will be raised from that cemetery it's, it's an act that a christian is called to obey let's bow our heads for a word of prayer heavenly father thank you for an opportunity we've had just to focus upon baptism so much more but so little time right now but we can come back and talk more and be encouraged lord that baptism is important it really is. And I pray for every person here this morning, for those who have never, never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, for others who say, well, I've made a profession of faith, but I've not, never followed through with my baptism. Lord, today, speak to their heart. I know you will. And may they make that decision. That's a decision they make, that they will publicly, publicly obey you in believer's baptism. Follow your example. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. Living.